Today's scripture reading is Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord. He approached the high priest and requested letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women belonging to the way, he could bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As Saul drew near to Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the voice, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see a thing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, Ananias! Here I am, Lord, he answered. Get up, the Lord told him. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, many people have told me about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And now he is here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Go, said the Lord, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So Ananias went to the house, and when he arrived, he placed his hands on Saul. Brother Saul, he said, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. At that instant, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and his sight was restored. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. And he spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Saul promptly began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, declaring, He is the Son of God. All who heard him were astounded and asked, isn't this the man who wreaked havoc in Jerusalem on those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? But Saul was empowered all the more, and he confounded the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. After many days had passed, the Jews conspired to kill him, but Saul learned of their plot Day and night they watched the city gates in order to kill him. One night, however, the disciples took him and lowered him in a basket through a window in the wall. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and described how Saul had seen the Lord, who spoke to him on the road to Damascus, and how Saul had spoken boldly in that city, in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them, moving about freely in Jerusalem and speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. 
Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria experienced a time of peace. It grew in strength and numbers, living in the fear of the Lord and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. As Peter traveled throughout the area, he went to visit the saints in Lydda. There, he found a man named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and put away your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up, and all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated as Dorcas, who was always occupied with works of kindness and charity. At that time, however, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to urge him, Come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. On his arrival, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood around him, weeping and showing him the tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Then Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down and prayed, and turning toward her body, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. Peter took her by the hand and helped her up. Then he called the saints and widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed for several days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon. And this is God's word. We met Saul yesterday and saw how he persecuted the church and in God's providence was used to get the gospel out of Jerusalem and into the rest of Judea and also in Samaria, just as the Lord had commanded in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Now in the most unlikely way, humanly speaking that is, God saved Saul according to verses 1 through 8 and called him my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel as we saw in verse 15. The man whose persecution stimulated the spread of the gospel to Judea and Samaria would now directly lead the effort to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, like Acts 1.8 says. The focus of Acts in the chapters ahead will begin to move off of Peter and the other apostles and on to Saul, or as we know him, Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles. As we read about Saul's conversion here in Acts chapter 9, we saw the clash of human values and God's values in how Saul was treated. People value safety and were understandably wary of someone who killed other Christians, but suddenly now claimed to be a Christian himself. We see the skepticism and fear in Ananias in verses 13 and 14, and in the Jerusalem church, where they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was, really was a disciple, according to verse 26b. How was that skepticism about Saul resolved? First, Ananias believed God by faith when God told him to go to Saul and pray for him. And we saw that in verses 11 through 17. He even called him Brother Saul, acknowledging his claim to faith in Christ. Second, Barnabas became Saul's ambassador when he took him and brought him to the apostles in verse 27. Both of these men had to trust that God's power had actually changed Saul. Because they did trust the life-changing power of the gospel, they were willing to credit Saul, that is, trust him as a brother, before there was a long trail of evidence of Saul's faith. If we're going to live for Jesus, 
there will be times when we have to take similar risks of faith on people. For example, trusting Christ in your life might mean trusting someone else who has wounded you based only on their claim to have repented. We become vulnerable to manipulation, embarrassment, or possible betrayal in those situations. But this is what God calls us to do. If we trust him, we should trust that he is changing other people. That means giving them our acceptance and trust in advance, like a credit card transaction does. Are you facing any uncertainty in your life? Because you're not certain, you should trust somebody who claims to be changed by Christ. God's love, God's mercy, God's grace call all of his followers to trust others based on their profession of faith and even to forgive others when we fail to be perfect but demonstrate true repentance. Ananias was afraid of Saul, but he trusted the Lord. So he called Saul his brother. And God will help you and me to learn to trust others too before they deserve it if our hope and our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. And so I hope that helps you today. If you're facing a situation where you have to trust another believer, but you're not sure that you should. If you're looking at this devotional or watching it or reading it anywhere but in your email, would you consider signing up to receive it in your email each day? You can do that by going to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. Also, would you consider giving me some monthly financial support? You could do that by going to dailypbj.com slash support. Also, let me encourage you to share this devotional with someone who might learn from it and might be helped by it in their walk with Christ. God bless you. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.